0: Welcome to the Kaleo Life Podcast. You can find more resources for gospel living and information about us by going to our website, kaleo.community. Enjoy today's sermon. He sees a beautiful woman bathing on her rooftop, and that happened to be uh, Bathsheba. So he inquired uh, and had some servants go out to find out who she was, and he found out that Uh, She was the wife of one of David's uh, soldiers. His name was Uriah. So he has Bathsheba sent to him, and they have an affair, and she ends up becoming uh, pregnant. So uh, David tries to um, hide the sin that he had committed by having Uriah sent uh, to him, and he tells Uriah to go to his house, and enjoy some time with his wife, and hang out there for a couple of days, and then he can go back out to battle. But Uriah, being uh, a very noble man, did not want to enjoy the pleasures and comforts of his own house while his men were out uh, fighting, so he chose just to sleep on the steps and um, not go into his house. Uh, David is told about this, and so comes up with an alternative plan of, Uh, sending Uriah back to uh, the battlefield with a note to give to his commander, Joab. And the note basically says to send Uriah out to the front lines where the fighting is the heaviest. And uh, when they're in the heat of the battle, Joab is to pull everybody else back except for Uriah, and then Uriah will uh, die in battle. So Joab gets the orders and follows them and sends Uriah out to the front lines and pulls everybody back and Uriah ends up dying. So David is told of the news that Uriah is dead, and Bathsheba is also told. And after she uh, laments of her loss of her husband, uh, David invites her to his house, and they get married, again, to try to cover up uh, the sin that he had committed with Bathsheba. However, uh, God is obviously displeased with uh, these actions that David has done. And so as a result, through the prophet Nathan, uh, David is told that the son that Bathsheba is carrying is going to die. And so the baby is born and uh, becomes very ill, and David is uh, fasting and praying to God that he would spare the life of the child, um, but uh, God does not, and the baby in fact dies. And so David comforts his wife, and Bathsheba, and she becomes pregnant again, uh, this time, um, the name of this child is Solomon, and it says in Second Samuel 12 that the Lord loved Solomon. So a few chapters before in Samuel, 2 Samuel 7, uh, God is speaking uh, to David, and he says, When your days are fulfilled, and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. <clears throat> now this is known as the Davidic Covenant. This is basically a promise that through David's lineage through his offspring, this kingdom uh, will be established and it will go on forever. And so Solomon is the next in line for that promise. And in First Chronicles 22, uh, David is speaking to his young son Solomon and telling him of the promises that God had made to him. So Second uh, Chronicles 22, it says, David said to Solomon, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have, sh- you have shed much blood and have w- waged great wars. You shall not build a house to my name, because you have shed much blood before me on the earth. Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all his surrounding enemies. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. And he shall build a house for my name. And he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. So, that's kind of some background about Solomon and um, David and Bathsheba, and it kind of leads us into this next uh Part of scripture that we're going to read. So, uh, in First Kings, uh, we pick up towards the end of David's life. So, if you're willing and able, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? <clears throat> and we'll go through the the whole chapter. So, we might be standing for a while. Uh, okay. So, First Kings, chapter one. Now King David was old and advanced in years, and although they covered him with clothes, he could not get warm. Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman be sought for my lord the king, and let her wait on the king and be in his service. Let her lie in your arms that my lord the king may be warm. So they sought for a beautiful young woman throughout all the territory of Israel and found Abishag the Shunammite and brought her to the king. The young woman was very beautiful, and she was of service to the king and attended him, but the king knew her not. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. His father had never at any time displeased him by asking, Why have you done thus and so? He was also a very handsome man, and he was born next after Absalom. He conferred with Joab, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, the priest, and they followed Adonijah and helped him. But Zadok, the priest, and Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan, the prophet, and Shammai, and Reh, and David's men were not with Adonijah. Adonijah sacrificed sheep, oxen, and fattened cattle by the serpent stone, which is beside Enrogel. And he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and the royal officials of Judah, but he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaniah, or the mighty men, or Solomon his brother. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, have you not heard that Adonijah the son of Haggith has become king, and David our lord does not know it? Now therefore come, let me give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go in at once to King David and say to him, Did not, did you not, my lord the king, swear to your servant, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then is Adonijah king? Then while you are still speaking with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went to the king in his chamber. Now the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was attending to the king. Bathsheba bowed and paid homage to the king, and the king said, What do you desire? She said to him, My lord, you swore to your servant by the lord your God, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. And now behold, Adonijah is king, although you, my lord the king, do not know it. He has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest, Joab the commander of the army, but Solomon, your servant, he has not invited. And now, my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise, it will come to pass when my lord the king sleeps with his fathers and I and my son Solomon will be counted offenders. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in and they told the king, here's Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed before the king, his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord the king, have you said, Adonijah shall reign after me? He shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down this day and has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the king's son, the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they are eating and drinking before him, and saying, Long live king Adonijah. But me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, He has not invited. Has this thing been brought about by my lord, the king, and you have not told your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after him? Then King David answered, Call Bathsheba to me. And she came to the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore, saying, As the lord lives, who has redeemed my soul out of every adversity, as I swore to you by the lord, the God of Israel, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, even so will I do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and paid homage to the king and said, May my lord King David live forever. King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada. So they came before the king, and the king said to them, Take with you the servants of your lord and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule and bring him down to Gahon. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet there anoint him king over Israel. Then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. You shall then come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, for he shall be king in my place. And I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaniah the son of Jehoiada answered the king, Amen. May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, say so. As the Lord has been with my lord the king, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my lord King David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down and had Solomon ride on King David's mule and brought him to Cajon. There Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the trumpet and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him playing on pipes and rejoicing with great joy, so that the earth was split by their noise. Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished feasting. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, What does this uproar in the city mean? While he was still speaking, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest, came. And Adonijah said, Come in, for you are a worthy man and bring good news. Jonathan answered Adonijah, No, for our Lord King David has made Solomon king. And the king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, and they had him ride on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and they have gone up from there rejoicing, so that the city was in an uproar. This is the noise that you have heard. Solomon sits on the royal throne. Moreover, the king's servants came to congratulate our lord King David, saying, May your God make the name of Solomon more famous than yours, and make his throne greater than your throne. And the king bowed himself on the bed, and the king also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has granted someone to sit on my throne this day, my own eyes seeing it. Then all the guests of Adonijah trembled and rose, and each went his own way. And Adonijah feared Solomon, and he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. Then it was told Solomon, Behold, Adonijah fears King Solomon, for behold, he has laid hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me first that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon said, If he will show himself a worthy man, not one, of the, not one of his hairs shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar. And he came and paid homage to, the King, to King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, go to your house. It's the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the many truths that we can find in your word. God, we thank you for, for your promises, for your covenant that you have made with David so long ago. And God, I pray that as we uh, look into uh, this account, God, that um, that we would just be reminded, Lord, um, of who you are and of who you have called us to be. God, please uh, be with me as I as I preach, and uh, may, may your presence be felt here this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat. <coughs> So, kind of a wild story. So here we see David at the end of his life, and he's become weak and no longer able to uh, reign as king over Israel. It says that he wasn't able to stay warm, and so he needs to have a young woman come and um, basically take care of him and even lay in bed with him to keep him warm. Uh, and so they found this, this woman to come and, and do that for him. Um, it, wasn't, it, didn't, it says that it wasn't anything sexual. It was mostly just for kind of prolonging his life as long as they could to keep him comfortable. Um, but then we see that Adonijah kind of takes advantage of this um, state that his father is in. And he seeks an opportunity to kind of usurp his father's authority and uh, take the throne for himself. Uh, So in chapter, in verse 5, it says, uh, Adonijah exalted himself, saying that I will be king, and he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. Uh, And then it kind of gives a little kind of side note here, saying his father had never at any time displeased him by asking, why have you done thus or so? And it goes on and says, he was also a very, a very handsome man and was born next after Absalom. And he confirmed with Joab, uh, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar the priest. And they followed Adonijah and helped him. But Zadok the priest and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada and Nathan the prophet and Shammai and Ray and David's mighty men were not with Adonijah. And then it goes through and talks about what Adonijah uh, did and where he went. So Adonijah exalts himself as king. And part of the reason it says is because um, of David's lack of discipline. Uh, Part of it was also that uh, Adonijah's older brother was Absalom. And if you're familiar with that story, Absalom also tries to take the throne from David and he ends up getting killed. And so um, by birth order, Adonijah would be the next in line. And so he somewhat feels entitled to his, his father's throne. And it also says that Adonijah is not working alone, right? He has even the commander of David's army helping him as well as a priest to uh, help him with his plan to uh, take the throne of David. And he also invites all these officials uh, from Judah, but he excludes some also pretty prominent people, um, including his brother who... He probably was aware of was the um, the rightful heir to the throne from the promise and so a secondary application that I kind of like to um, make is about uh, passive passive parenting okay I think the author is trying to make a point here in mentioning this detail about um, David not disciplining Adonijah and I don't want to single out fathers. Um, but I believe that fathers have a unique responsibility in raising and disciplining their children, especially uh, their sons. And This doesn't diminish or um, take away from the role of, of mothers. Um, in God's design of men and women, we, we both uh, express the uh, characteristics of God uh, uniquely. And so it takes both parents to be able to to do that and to raise uh, balanced, uh, God-fearing children. Um, However, the sins of the fathers are what is passed down through generations. And so men have a unique role in disciplining and training up their sons and breaking some of those generational sins. And so here we see David not doing that with Adonijah, and then we see the results of that. So, Nathan goes to Bathsheba and he tells her what is going on and he gives her advice to go to David and um, tell him what's going on. So, uh, Nathan says to Bathsheba, uh, Have you heard that Adonijah has become king and David our Lord does not know it? Uh, Therefore, let me tell you or let me give you some advice to save your life and the life of your son Solomon. Go at once to King David and say to him, Did you not, my lord the king, swear to your servant, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then, is Adonijah king? Then while you're still speaking with the king, I will also come in after you and confirm your words. So here Nathan, the prophet, is working on behalf of the Lord uh, to help Bathsheba, uh, but he's also ensuring that Solomon will become king just as God had promised. And while God is sovereign over his creation and he can choose any way that he wants to um, fulfill his promise that Solomon would be king, uh, he chooses to use his people, primarily Nathan and Bathsheba, uh, to help fulfill his plans and his promises for his people. And Nathan is faithful and obedient uh, to God and encourages Bathsheba to speak to David And in so doing, Bathsheba is also being used by God to remind David of uh, the promises that God had given to him concerning his son Solomon. So, uh, Bathsheba went to the king, into his chamber, and uh, David says, What do you desire? And she says, My lord, you swore to your servant, your, your servant, by the Lord your God, saying, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. And now behold, Adonijah is king, although you, my lord the king, do not know it. He has sacrificed oxen and fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited the sons of the king Abiathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army, but Solomon your servant he has not invited. And now, my lord the king, the eyes of all of Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it will come to pass that my lord the king sleeps with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon shall be counted as offenders. So Bathsheba is appealing to King David and the promises that God had made to him concerning Solomon and him being the rightful king and fulfilling that covenant that God made with him. And she tells him about Adonijah usurping his uh, kingship, and what he's doing, all the sacrificing and feasting that he's doing, and um, and at first, when I was looking at this passage, I, uh, I was kind of uh, maybe a little too hard on David. I think when I was first looking at this, I was like, what is he doing? He knows that he's at the end of his life. Uh, he knows that he needs to uh, put a king in place before he dies, He knows a promise has been made to Solomon. Why is he just laying there not really doing anything? Um, But as I look more into it, uh, I realized that Solomon was only about 16 years old at this time, so he was still pretty young. And so I think David was hoping that he maybe had a few more years uh, before he was going to die to be able to, um, for for Solomon to be able to mature a little bit before he was going uh, to be king. And uh, God had promised that uh, Solomon would be the one to build a temple and do all these great things. And so David probably didn't think that he was ready quite yet. And so, um, but Adonijah kind of tried to uh, jump in there. And, uh, and so he kind of sped up David's timeline a little bit. So, um, so then, just as was planned, while Bathsheba is speaking uh, to David, Uh, Nathan comes in to confirm all that she had said to David. So uh, Nathan said, My Lord, um, my Lord the king, have you said Adonijah shall reign after me and he shall sit on my throne? For he's gone down this day and has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in, in abundance, and has invited all the king's sons and commanders of the army and Abiathar the priest, and behold, they are all eating and drinking before him, and saying, Long live King Adonijah. But me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, he has not invited. Has this thing been brought about by my lord the king, and and you have not told your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? So whilst Bathsheba is talking to David, Nathan comes in and affirms what Bathsheba had said concerning him and told him what Adonijah was doing. And then Nathan asks this kind of rhetorical question about, did you approve this thing? Um, And Nathan, again, is not only appealing to what God had told him, but he's also appealing to his relationship with David. Nathan had been with David for a very long time, and they had a very close relationship, and so uh, Nathan was kind of exposing that and saying, and, and asking these questions about um, this Adonijah uh, trying to become king. And so while, while they're saying these things to David, David is reminded of the promises again that God had made him, and he reaffirms his covenant promises uh, to him. So David, so the king, uh, King David answered, and said, Call Bathsheba to me. And so she came to the king's presence, and he stood before the king. And the king swore, saying, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my soul out of every adversity, as I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, even so will I do this this day. Then Bathsheba bowed her face to the ground and paid homage to the king, and said, May my lord, King David, live forever. So David calls in Bathsheba and kind of reflects on all the adversity that God had brought him out of. Uh, David was a man of war, uh, and his family was fairly dysfunctional. And so there was a lot of adversity that David had gone through, and God had preserved his life. And this remembrance that David has of the faithfulness of God... um, Those kinds of moments are found throughout the Bible. God even commands his people to remember. Time and time again, he calls them to remember when he passed over their firstborn sons in Israel and spared their lives, to remember when he brought them out of Egypt and they passed through the Red Sea, to remember how he preserved their lives in the wilderness and to remember how he brought them into the promised land. So constantly God is saying, remember my faithfulness, Remember my faithfulness. And here David is remembering how God had preserved his life and been faithful to him. And so he swears to uphold that promise that he made to Bathsheba concerning Solomon, and he instructs Nathan and Zadok on what they need to do to appoint Solomon as king over Israel. So King David says, Call to me Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada. And they came before the king, and the king said to them, Take with your servants of your Lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule, and bring him down to Gahon, And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet there anoint him king over Israel. Then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. He shall then come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, for he shall be king in my place. And I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen. May the Lord, the God of, of my Lord, the king, say so. As the Lord has been with my Lord, the king, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. So there are some clear instructions on what Nathan and um, on what Nathan's supposed to do to uh, to promote Solomon as king. He's to take David's mule and place Solomon on it and go down to Gahon and anoint Solomon as king over Israel and blow the trumpet and say, long live King Solomon, and then come back up and place him on the throne. So the men go through this process and uh, they take uh, Solomon and they have him ride on David's mule, and they brought him down to Cajon. And there, Zadok the priest took the oil from the horn in the tent and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet and said, Long live King Solomon! And all the people went up after him, playing on pipes and rejoicing with great joy. So the earth was split by their noise. So it might not be, or it might be a surprise to you, uh, but I am not a. Uh, ancient Jerusalem geography major. Uh, so all these places and, and things were a little confusing for me. Uh, so after looking through some maps and trying to figure out, okay, where did Adonijah go and where did, so- and where did Solomon go, um, the two places they went uh, were, were, were two places where there were springs for water. So there were two, the two water sources for uh, Jerusalem the place where um, Adonijah goes, it's a little more uh, secluded. They're actually in a building, it's, it, it looked like, um, because when Jonathan comes to tell them the news of what's happening, they go, he goes in somewhere, so it seems like they're, they're, um, their party's a little more secluded. Um, but they're about a half mile apart from each other, so even though they couldn't see uh, each other, you could definitely hear, if the noise was loud enough, uh, what was going on. And so that's how, in this next section, we're gonna see that they're able to hear this great uh, rejoicing with great joy that was so loud that it split uh, the earth. And this should also remind us of another time when someone came riding in on a donkey and the people cheered and celebrated, right? Jesus and his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Just after Solomon was anointed king, And all the people went up cheering and rejoicing with great joy as he entered into Jerusalem. So, too, when Jesus was entering Jerusalem and riding in on a young donkey, the crowds were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now, Hosanna could be a Greek transliteration from a Hebrew word, which could mean to cause or to bring salvation. And while Solomon was uh, the king that was promised who would grow up to build the temple and to be one of the wisest and most famous kings, uh, Jesus was uh, the promised Messiah who was going to be crucified for the sins of the world. And that's where his rule and reign began. Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the Father, and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given. To him. And if you've put your faith and your trust in King Jesus, you are clothed with his righteousness. And no matter what sins you have done, no matter the sins you have committed, the blood of Jesus is sufficient to cover those sins if you are willing to repent and believe in him. However, if you try to do things on your own, try to find salvation through your own works, uh, you will be judged by those works and you will. uh, and you will fall short, because no one can meet the perfect standard that God had set. Jesus is the only one who can meet that standard. Jesus is the only one who lived a perfectly sinful life. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the better king. Jesus is the true king. All other kings are just types and shadows of the one King Jesus. So, getting back to our story, when the trumpet is blown and everyone yells, Long live King Solomon! uh, Adonijah and his party hear this uproar and they're wondering what is going on. So, when they hear this uproar, uh, Jonathan, one of the sons of of Abiathar the priest, came to Adonijah. And Ananias says, come in, you are a worthy man and bring good news. And Jonathan says, no, for our king David, our lord king David, has made Solomon king. And the king has sent him with, has sent with him Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada and the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And they had him ride on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gahon. And they have gone up from there rejoicing so that the city is in an uproar. And this is the noise that you have heard. So Solomon sits on the royal throne. Moreover, the king's servants came to congratulate the Lord King David, saying, May your God make the name of Solomon more famous than yours and make his throne greater than yours. And the king bowed himself on his bed. And the king also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has granted someone to sit on my throne this day. My own eyes seen it. So when this trumpet is blown, Joab is the first one to respond. And as a commander of of an army, uh, when trumpets are used, uh, they're used to communicate some kind of announcement or warning or maybe a type of victory. And so there's no doubt when Joab heard this trumpet, he knew something major was happening. So Adonijah is told that Solomon, his younger brother, is to be king of Israel, and David has officially relinquished his throne to him. So next we see... Uh, Adonijah's response to this, Adonijah and all the guests tremble and they rose and they each went their own way. They all just scattered. And Adonijah feared Solomon. So he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. Then it was said to Solomon, Behold, Adonijah fears King Solomon. For behold, he has laid hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me first that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon said, if he will show himself to be a worthy man, not one of his hairs shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar, and he came and paid homage to King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, go to your house. So Adonai's first response in hearing that Solomon is now king is he goes and runs to the safest place he can find, which is the altar, He knew that no one would try to kill him if he was at the altar where the sacrifices to God happen, And he stays there until he is promised that Solomon will not kill him because he's so scared for his life. So finally they tell him that Solomon will not hurt him if he proves uh, to be worthy. And so Adonijah comes and pays homage to Solomon and then Solomon sends him to his house. So there's more to the story, but we're going to uh, stop there. I would invite you to continue to read through. Um, But this is basically a story of two kings. You have the rightful king who was appointed by God, and you have a counterfeit king who was appointed by man. The real king, King Solomon, through the faithfulness of Nathan and Bathsheba, was exalted over Adonijah, who was a counterfeit king. And in our lives we have the same kind of struggle. There is one king, King Jesus, and he is a ruler over his creation. However, there are many counterfeit kings that are vying for our loyalties and our allegiances. Some of these counterfeit kings can be uh, bad habits that we wish to break, uh, or they might be good and noble things, that have taken up more of our time and energy at the expense of our relationship with Jesus. Some of these false kings can be distractions that take us away, that take our our attention away uh, from where our focus should be. So I would uh, encourage you and challenge you uh, to think about one area in your life that you have not surrendered to King Jesus. And I would also encourage you and challenge you to tell somebody what that is and to ask them to keep you accountable as you uh, pray and strive to begin to turn that area of your life over to Jesus. Also, another um, question is, uh, are you being used by God to fulfill his promise to you? Um, and to fulfill the promises of the, of the lives of his people. So God used Bathsheba and Nathan uh, to fulfill his promises to David and the people of Israel. And God still chooses to use his people today. Uh, just as the disciples were faithful to Jesus when he called them, just as Paul was faithful to God uh, when he was called, we too are called by God for a purpose. And we need to be continually reflecting and asking ourselves if we are being faithful to that calling. And it's important to remember that we're not all called in the same way. For some of us, we are called to work in the home and raising young children. And this is a very noble and important and vital calling. For others, you're called to work outside the home where you are engaging and interacting with people in the culture from various backgrounds, and you're called to be a light in that place. Some of you who might have more free time are called to volunteer and serve and give of your time and minister to those who are in need. But wherever God has called you, the main point is that we are called to something. And we need to be sensitive to the Spirit and in alignment with the will of God in that calling. So as we come to uh, the table um, where we take the the cup and the bread, uh, we are told to remember again, just as David remembered uh, the many times that God had rescued him and saved him, just as God told Israel to remember how he had cared for them and protected them and nourished them, we are called to remember what Jesus did for us. Remember his faithfulness and his willingness to come into this world and to serve and to suffer and to die for our sins. And if you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus, you have been redeemed. He has rescued you from the penalty of your sin, which is death. And if you're a follower of Jesus, if you have put your hope and your trust in him, I invite you to come up to the table and take up the bread and the juice and return back to your seat. And uh, during the first song, and I would invite you to take a moment to reflect on how God has rescued you and reflect on how he has redeemed you and reflect on what the cost of that redemption was.